Welcome to the Kodesh Podcast. You are listening to the infallible word from the Holy Hill, God's seat of power, preached by the resident bishop, Bishop Ni Ajeduama. Let the word from the Holy Hill be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Stay blessed. The word of God, I want us to rise to our feet as we sing our anthem. You know, it's important that we do this singing in faith. Let it be a prayer. It's like you are talking to yourself, you know, and I believe that as we hear the word of God, it will help us because it says when you hearken to the voice of the Lord, of the word, nothing is impossible. And so as we hear the preaching, we hearken to it. And that is what makes or brings about things being impossible for us. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you trust in His Word. Harking to the voice of God to be, is there anything too hard for Him? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word. for Jesus. You want to lift your hands to the Lord and just tell him how grateful you are. Tell him how you love him. Tell him how you appreciate the life that you have. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. The Bible says we should enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Caught with praise. Thank you, Jesus. Open your mouth and thank the Lord. Thank Him with the understanding. Thank Him with the Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We 
It's God's will we pray. And I will sing, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice for he has made. I will enter.
have enough vocabulary to express our heartfelt thanks. Just put your hand on your heart and just, just thank him. Thank him with your understanding. Thank him with your understanding. Thank him with the spirit. Thank him for he has been good to you. He continues to be good to us. Oh, we thank you.
says that you is at work in us for to will and to do of your good pleasure. So we thank you that you will put in our hearts to thank you. We give you the glory. We pray that you teach us, Lord, not just to say thank you with our lips, but to say thank you with our lives. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. Shout a better amen. And clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. Sorry, the sound on one side is gone off, but at least you can hear. Amen. Are you happy you are in church? Are you happy you are sweating for the Lord? I thought the weather is nice. Amen. Can we have some silence? Hello, 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 hello. Tap him to keep quiet. Philippians chapter 4. Eric, it's okay. Are you grateful to God? What did he say? God and grateful. Amen. Words cannot express. Which means that we have to thank God with more than words because like Reverend Eric is saying, words cannot express. Amen? Amen. And I'm sure there are certain tribes and languages where you are able to express your thanks to God far more than in English or far more in than some languages. Amen. Which uh, language has more words? Is it Chinese? Eh? The, the Akan language. I mean, if you also know that it's Ghana, say yours. <laughs> See, all these words, you don't have them in English. Kokoti <laughs> there. That's it. Why would the basket sensu? Who the kete sensu? All these words you don't have them in English. If you say this to the English man, you will not understand what you are saying. They are using the uh, uh, raffia uh, woven basket 
to fetch water. Is the God Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is why we need to be grateful to God. Hallelujah. And being grateful has to be beyond our words. Amen. Our lives must be lives that demonstrate gratefulness. Our lives must demonstrate and show that we are grateful to God for our salvation. Amen. So, Philippians chapter 4, let's start from there, from verse 6. It says, be careful. Let's get another version and see. Change the version, let's see. Do not be anxious about anything. Yes, give us another version. NLT. Don't worry about what? Anything. Eh? People have been worrying about many things. Is that not the case? Hmm? But don't worry about what? Anything. As the year is drawing to a close, just have a couple of days to go. The things that you set before you to achieve, you haven't achieved them. And you are very worried. Some of you set yourself to to marry, it has not happened. Yeah. Some of you set yourself to roof your building, it has not happened. Is that not the case? But God is saying, Don't worry. Amen. Don't what? Don't worry. And anything means a lot of things. Hmm? What are some of the things that you set yourself to do? To improve your building. Don't worry. Okay? Yes. How about you? It's like, you be a koye. That one too, don't worry. You know, at times when things are going well, you are worried that something bad will happen. Eh? That one too, don't worry. Amen. Amen. Philemon. What have you said to yourself that a fourth child? Is that, oh, it's a building, building. I'm sure the wife, <laughs> she screamed there. <laughs> he said, you, you will carry that one. Sally, <laughs> forgive me. She wants it then. She wants a fourth child. Wow. She has, she's pretending she's not hearing what is going on. She wants a girl. Wow, receive a girl. You are not receiving it. You are just saying, eh. Do you want a girl? You are tired. And you are working at the hospital. <laughs> Whose child should you deliver? <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we are not supposed to worry, then what are we supposed to do? Because if you don't have to worry, then there should be an alternative. Professor, is that not the case? 
put the scripture back. So he said, be careful for nothing. So when he said be careful, it's like we are going by fire and then we are being careful. No, no, no. That's why the other verses are very important. Hmm? Don't worry about anything. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Many times we worry so much. Meanwhile, worrying will not solve any problem. Is that the case? But I think that worrying could have a lot of implications. Number one, you've forgotten that there is God. Number two, you don't believe that God will solve it. Because there are some of us who don't believe that God will solve your uh, beloved dosing problems. And do you know why I think so? Because you don't even go to him in prayer where that is concerned. Eh? When somebody introduces somebody to you, you say, we'll pray about it. But I mean, why it's not true. You are not praying about it. Are you understanding? So we don't look up to God. But God, in, on this day, Thanksgiving Day, God is reminding us, amen, to look up to him. Hallelujah. To have an attitude of gratefulness, an attitude of thanksgiving. It's not something that we do once in a year or once in a while. Hmm? But it must be a lifestyle. Are you understanding? Lifestyle of appreciation. A lifestyle of, 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 of thankfulness. Hallelujah. Many people find it very difficult to say thank you. One day I bought a phone for somebody. He didn't say thank you. And it could be that the person has forgotten. So I brought it up. I mean, I was, I don't know whether the person has received the phone or not. So I brought it up and he has actually received the phone. So then she was asked, so would you say thank you? And the person was just standing there. You know, at the point, I thought the person was mentally retarded or something. But he was just standing there. Ah, would you say thank you? He was just standing there. So at times, you don't know what it is. And I think it's a spirit. Amen? It's an evil spirit of unthankfulness. That is what grips people. And many people forget the many good things that have been done to them. When you are somebody who forgets easily, you become an unthankful person. And thank you must be enough. So the question to ask you is, do we thank God enough? You know, when you do something for somebody and the person has not thank you enough, you, are, you can feel it. Not that you are doing it for the person to thank you. But if he has not thank you, you can feel it. Are you with me? Especially if you are in your home with your house help and you have bought a nice dress, you know, not cheap for your house help. Ah, the following day, you see her washing the dishes outside and she's wearing that dress. Eh? I mean, you, you see that the, the person is not, is not appreciative of, of, of what has been given. It's not a thankful person. Are you with me? 
Otherwise, you will not wear that dress. I mean, the person doesn't even know the value of the dress. And you don't even need to know the value of something in order to say thank you. You should just have an attitude of thankfulness. Amen? Whether the thing is big, whether it is small, you should always have that very good attitude where you can say thank you. Where you can say thank you. And when we are unthankful, that is when we become very, very anxious. Because it's like, because you are unthankful, you are ungrateful, eh? you don't know where the next one is coming from. But when you are somebody who is thankful, you always know that Charlie thankfulness opens doors for you. Gratefulness opens doors for you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I mean, it's like the comment that people make, oh, that's what this man is a very, very grateful person. You know? So by the time I realize, everybody knows you are a grateful person. Are you understand what I'm saying? And one of the things that you can demonstrate your gratefulness is even what you do in church. Yeah. And so it's not just by way of mouth saying, but it has to be a lifestyle. Amen? A lifestyle of thankfulness. A lifestyle of gratefulness. And I was saying to the first service how I was hurt when recently I received a bill of 1600 for the renting of some cameras that were used for a program in church. You know? And the pastor sent the bill. You know, it was rented from another church member. So I called the church member. I said, were those cameras yours? He said, yes. I said, you, put, you gave us the bill? He said, yes. So I took my phone and sent the money to the person. But I was very hurt that what has the church come to? What has the church come to? That you do something? Yes, it is maybe your business. And so what? People who give a lot of money is from their business. One person I'm so grateful about is Pastor Ray. He comes to church. You see him organizing workers, organizing masons, painters, anything that I want. He just, he'll just do it. It is his business. He can, I mean, he uses his business to serve God. And that's why he says we should love thy Lord thy God with all our minds. So when we introduce charging the church for activities we do in the church, we should be very careful. It means that you are not aware that it is God who has blessed you with that thing that you have. Yeah. It's just like this sister who came, just came to sing. That after she sings, then we'll put money in an envelope and give to her. She also had a voice. She used her voice. Amen? Maybe she doesn't have to chew groundnuts so that her voice should be nice. She eats bananas. So if she come to charge us with a banana, so I should sing with a nice voice. No. But it shows ungratefulness, which we must eliminate from the church. Which we must not encourage in the church. Hallelujah. Since this church was, look, either the Adelaide Chapel or one of the chapels, there's a, a, is it Yahama they call it? Or Mahama? That keyboard, they call it what? Eh? Yamaha, Yamaha, that's Mahama. I bought that keyboard over 20 years ago for my son. The brown one. It's my personal keyboard. I'm not even giving it to the church. But it's being used in the church and I have not have any intention of taking it anywhere. Everybody <laughs> say what? You don't give it back to me. That is the attitude we should have. I can 
not say that my, my uh, what, is, what is it called? Mahama. My Yamaha is in the church. So every, 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 every month, the church should bring 100 CDs. No, no, no. So when God is not blessing us in a certain way, we will not understand. But I'm saying to all of us that thanking God should not just be a lip service. It should be with our everything. Amen. With your substance. And many of us are not thanking God with our time. There's a, are you bringing me that gentleman who cleans the loo? Bring him to me. After service. I want to say thank you to him. He cleans the loo. No, but I don't even know the person. But he's rendering a service. There are people who come here to clean the church on Saturdays, free of charge. And when you are doing, you are doing it to the Lord. Are you understand what I'm saying? When you see somebody being blessed, you don't understand why the person is being blessed. Because the person has given his all to God. Now, if we come to God and we say we have given our life to him, if you have given your life to him and you cannot give your what? What? Your camera to him or you cannot give your your what? Your car. You see, as we are having, when we, anytime we are having a give thyself holy, people give their cars. People give their cars to be used. Amen? And I'm talking about people whose business is to rent out cars. They bring their cars plus their drivers to be used. Pastors here, they bring their brand new cars with their drivers and they give to be used. Because they, with fuel inside. And as the car is coming, but you don't expect that it to be filled. <laughs> Are you understanding? Eh? It's because they recognize that this thing that I have, it is God who has given it to me. Are you understanding? So if I'm giving it to God for God to use it, why should I charge God? Why should I ask God for money? Unless in your mind, it is a human being that you are giving to. If it's a human being you are giving to and it's in the church, then don't give it at all. But if you know that you are giving it to God for God's use, you have to give it with all your heart. Amen. That's a grateful heart. That's a thankful heart. That's a heart that appreciates that it is God who has done this for me. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you understanding me? So when God is blessing you unlimited, you, are, you know that, Charlie, a certain blessing is coming to you. John chapter 6. From verse 1. You see me, I don't like harboring things in my heart. So when I see it, I have said it. Amen. He that has ears to hear. No, I'm not if I give you the example that happened in Zimbabwe, will you appreciate it? No, we don't understand. Give you an example that happens here in my church. John chapter what? Chapter 6. After these things, Jesus, one of the, the brothers said, hey, Bishop, he will say that thing as if he has not said it. <laughs> but I'm saying it. Amen. I don't have any quarrel with anybody, just that. I have a car with attitudes. 
beating when Jesus Christ was beating the people who were trading in the, in, in, in the temple. And that is what is happening. When you give your something to the church and you charge, you are trading in the church. You are trading the temple. You see, I'm even acting very, very mildly. But Jesus Christ brought Cain. I should have brought a cane and located you and cane you out of the church. So instead of being annoyed, you should be thankful that I didn't bring Cain. Some people get offended by certain things. And I say, you should be thankful. Are you with me? Yes. But it could have been a cane issue or a whip. Chase you out of the church. John chapter 6. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, yes. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Take note of this. Why did they follow him? Because they saw his miracles. Many of us come to God because of what we see. But then after we have come, then our minds change. As to why we are still with God. You see, you came to a church. Ah, there's a beautiful church. But it takes human beings to make the church beautiful. Amen? It takes smiling aquaba ladies to meet you. Amen? It takes nicely appareled choristers to sing for you to enjoy the service. <laughs> Amen? But after you have come... Eh? You see, they came because of the miracles. That then after you have come, the thing that attracted you, you don't want to be part of the thing that attracted you. For others to be attracted also. And then you change as to why you are in the church. You understand as we go on. Verse 3. Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with the disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? When Jesus asks you a question or is seeking something from you, it's not because he needs your help. Are you with me? He wasn't asking Philip because Philip has the answers. When God wants something from you, when God says something from you, it's not because God is in need, but it's because God wants to help you. Hallelujah. So when God says, go and start a basenta. By the way, I want to meet all basenta leaders for a 15 minutes meeting right after service. One text, basenta leaders. Very, very important meeting. Amen. I said Amen. So when God wants something from you, not because, when God says something, not because he wants something from you, come and be a center leader. Not because he wants something from you. Amen. Go on the scripture. And this is said to prove him. So it's not because Jesus Christ did not know anything. But to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. God knows what he wants to do in your life. When God called you a young man from university, he knew what he wanted to do in your life. He knew the beautiful life he wanted to give you. So he touched your heart, said, come and serve me. 
come and work for me. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. But as a young man, you may say, Oh, this place is there is electrical engineer. I want to go and work for General Electrics. I want to go and do work for ECG. For the abundance of all things. But then God is saying that I want you. So when Jesus asked the question, it's not because he was in need. But the Bible says that he himself knew. So I want you to know that God knows what he wants to do with your life. Hallelujah. God knows what he wants to do with your life. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Amen. That alone should make you grateful every day. He said, there are thoughts, there are good thoughts, not evil. To give you future. To give you an expected end. Other versions say, to give you hope. Amen. Amen. That is God. So the Bible says that he himself knew what he would do. Back to the scripture. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take what? A little. What is your problem? There are people who are always expressing problems. One problem they will repeat it several times. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus Christ asked his disciples a question. Let's look at verse 35. Luke 22, I think, 35. He said unto them, When I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lucky anything, and they said, nothing. When God is calling you to do something, it's not because he doesn't have people to do it, but because he wants to bless you. Amen. And so you should have a certain attitude towards God. And that attitude should be an attitude of gratefulness. Amen. You may not have seen the thing, but it should be an attitude of gratefulness. And I was saying to the express service, I went to play golf one day and I saw a certain young man. You know, those of us who like money, everything we want money. Now, when you go and play golf, the guy who carries your bag is called a caddy. And depending on whether you are either playing 90, 80 holes or 9 holes, you pay him. And the pay depends on golf, from golf course to golf course. So go, I don't know how much they pay in Ashimoda. 80 what? 80 cities for 80 holes. And for 9 holes, 40 cities. So where I play is cheaper. <laughs> Amen. I think it's 30 cities or something for 9 holes or whatever. So I saw this young man, and as we were playing, he was holding my bag. Now, when we finished playing, he said, I'll give him money. And of course, I gave him money. But as we were playing, I said, ah, this man speaks well. Why is he amongst, because most of the caddies, you know, either they drop out of school or, you know, it's unfortunate. And I said, why is this young man amongst, you know, Search. So when I went to my to my wife, I've seen this young man. I want us to bring him to our home. So he agreed. So we brought him to our home. Now after because he's a caddy and we brought him to our home, every time I'm going to play golf, I go with him. 
and it carries my bag. So now I don't pay. <laughs> because I have a resident caddy. Oh, yes, I mean, once in a while, I say, oh, maybe you, 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 you lifted your head. And, yes, I was getting some lessons. So now this caddy who I should have, been, should have been staying with his parents and me playing with him and giving him money every time, 25 cities, 30 cities, or whatever, 40, depending on the number of holes I play. Now when I'm going, I'm not thinking of going to get a caddy there because this man is leaving my house, so I go with him and I don't pay no. Why am I not paying? Because he's staying in my house. Amen. He's not a family member. Though he's a caddy. Now, fast forward, we managed to get this young man into university. And by the grace of God, she finished university this year. And by the grace of God, I managed to get him a very good place to do his national service. Amen. So you see, from that day one, when I called him to stay in my house and he was carrying for me, you see, if he wasn't grateful that, ah, this thing that I'm carrying, when we finish, this guy will not give me money. Eh? He may be sneaking out of the house to go and carry for somebody for money. Are you with me? Because you don't know the plans that God has for you. And that's why you have to have a grateful attitude towards God. You have to have a thankful attitude in the church of God. That you do things. Look at Charles. If I have a woman, I'll give the chance to marry. If I have a woman, I'll give the chance because Charles is in the church. He's coming. We call him every time he's here. Say, come at times. You go see. It's not easy for him, but he comes and he's, you know, he's just working. We don't give him any money. I don't know whether Reverend Ben tips him from time to time. One day I wanted to send him Momo, just as a gift. Then he said, get me now. When I put the Momo, he said, it was a woman's number. I said, ah, I'm not, I'm not sending no money to no woman. <laughs> I said, get your own Momo. I'm not sending no money to no woman. Say that the woman will chop some or take a commission. Amen. <coughs> Are you with me? But he's just in the church. Grateful. And look, let me tell you, even if me as a pastor, I see, I don't know how much more God. Amen? I say, if me a pastor, I can see with my eyes. Okay? I can see. I can see. I can see. With just these two eyes. I'm not omnipresent. Eh? But God who is everywhere. How much more God? God is seeing every service that you render. And I'm saying the service that you render, it shows how thankful you are to God. They are sitting, you are not sitting on there. You went to um, church recently. And I was saying that maybe this, that's why some churches don't stay long. But the bench was very hard. No, if you sit down for more than two hours, it can, it can, it can hurt you. Amen. You are sitting on a soft chair in the church in one of the most beautiful cathedrals in the whole of Africa. And you are not grateful. You are not thankful. 
You must be thankful to God. Amen. You must be thankful to God. Today, I want to meet the Basenta leaders and say thank you to them. Yeah, I just want to meet them and say thank you to them. Amen. What scripture are we on? John 6. So, the disciples began to give excuses. Go back to verse 7. Philip answered, 200 penny worth. So, we are always giving excuses. God is the one who is saying that he will bless you. Amen. As we look at the scripture and look where it says, when I sent you, did I, did you lack anything? When God calls you, yes, everybody goes through challenges. But when God calls you, you will not lack anything. When you are serving God genuinely, you will not lack. And so as Philip began to give excuse, he said, what a scripture back verse 7, 200 penny worth of bread, is it? And it's not sufficient for them that every one of them should take a little. Look at, look, look at his mind. That everybody should eat a little. When God is in the equation, you are thinking of everybody eating a little. They should just come and taste. It's not communion. God wants to bless them. Verse 8. One of the disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. Look at his description. But what are they among so many? Again, we are always. God's ways are not our ways. Hallelujah. God's provisions are far. Your, 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 your storehouse is just too small. Some of you, your bank account is even just too small. If a certain amount of money comes into your account, the bank will call you. <laughs> they will invite you for questioning because your account is too small. When they look up for the past four years, no such money can come into your account. And so you look at your account, you look at the things that have passed through your hands before, and then you begin to dictate what God can do in your life. God can do far more than what you have. God can do far more than what you have ever had in your life. Hallelujah. You see, if every day you come to church, and Reverend Harold gives you 100 cities after service, you know, every Sunday gives you 100 cities. Will you not be very grateful and thankful to him? Sunday, you just come and pass by because you know 100 cities is a short. Is that not the case? He will be somebody who you will be very, very thankful to because of that weekly 100 city provision. Amen. How much more almighty God who is giving your breath every day. Your quiet time, you'll be praying for Reverend Harrod. That this weekend he will not travel, he will come to church. You will pray that Reverend Harrod will be living long. Is that the case? That God will bless him. You know, he will beg on the way. Eh? Before they even, you, you have not even given them so that God will prosper you. God will do this. But how about they themselves? They should pray for God to prosper. They can not pray for you. But you will be very, very grateful and thankful to Reverend Harrod. 
It means that we don't know the magnitude of God in our lives. Now, if now Reverend Harold says, I'll give you 100 cities every Sunday, oh, come and stay in my house. Which one would you prefer? You go into his house. <laughs> Amen? You are now going what? Into his house. It will not just be Sundays. But it will there's a constant flow of the goodness that you have experienced Sunday after Sunday. And I'm saying, how much more? You see, yes, Reverend Harold is a handsome fair man, but God is far fairer. God is far more handsome. <laughs> God is far richer than Reverend Harold. Are you understand what I'm saying? So the way that you'll be grateful and thankful to him because of the things that he'll be giving you, God wants, just imagine God and be thankful to him and be grateful to God. Don't limit God by what you have experienced in your life. Are you with me? Don't limit God by what you have experienced in your life. Don't limit God by your small pay. God can do far more for you than your pay. Amen? You are always thinking about your pay. The Bible read from Philippians 4, we shouldn't be anxious. Even before your pay comes, you are worried. Because you have eaten you have signed by the wall somewhere. You have eaten gobe somewhere. Gobe. Yeah. You are in the university. You go to Bush County, you have eaten. Yeah. So I have been going to eat on credit. You write your name, then there's a stroke by your name. And you are checking how many strokes are by your name. One, two, three, four, then they cut it five. So even before you get the money, you know it's finished. But you can trust God. Hallelujah. And that is why you need to be grateful to God. Don't think about your smallness. Oh, only this thing, what will it do for this and many people? No. Back to the scripture. And Jesus said, make the man sit down. Amen. What is he saying? He said, Relax. That's why I said we shouldn't be anxious. Amen? And then when you're anxious, you don't, you don't, you're not relaxed. You can't even think properly when you're anxious. So God is saying relax. Amen? He's not saying be lazy, oh. I'm not said so. <laughs> he said what? Relax. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. And let's finish that scripture. And I'll show you something there. Say, be careful nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. Next verse. And the peace of God. That is why he said we shouldn't be anxious. Because when you're anxious, you're not experiencing peace. He said, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Understanding is that the year is coming to an end. You have not married. Understanding is that the year is coming to an end. You have still not entered university. Understanding is that the year is coming to an end. You have still not gotten a job. Understanding is that the year is coming to an end and you have still not roofed your house. 
understanding is that the year is coming to an end and you have still not been able to buy a piece of land. All these understandings, they are realities and they have the tendency of making you anxious. That's why from the beginning say what? Do not be anxious. Amen. So, he's not discounting these things. But all that he's saying to you is that the peace of God, get, go back to verse 7. He said, and the peace of God, and he's qualifying that peace of God. He said, which passeth all understanding. The peace of God which passeth belovedness. The peace of God which passeth, you have not roofed your house. The peace of God which passeth, uh, you have not entered university. The which, which, which passeth, you, uh, you, you have not been married. Your engagement has not come on. All these things are things that can make you worry. But he is saying there is a peace of God which comes from prayer with supplication and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. He said that peace of God put the scripture back. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ, Jesus Christ. Because your mind is worried, your heart is worried. You are getting palpitations. Because some, some boy who said he doesn't like you anymore. Recently, some punishes that I did for some people. So the girl was saying, The guy, things have not stabilized for the guy. I mean, he's a good guy and everything, but you know, I mean, she wants to marry next year, but when you look at the guy's business by next year, he won't have stable. Maybe the guy should get a, a, a nine to five job. Somebody has finished school. She has done his life. You have come into his life small. He should stop his business plan and do a nine-to-five job because of you that you want security. It means that the person, it means, you, you watch it. I told the young man, don't worry at all. I'll get you another one. So you better be smiling as I'm looking around. And those, you see, as I'm preaching, I don't come to the back because when I come, I don't enjoy the sound. So those of you who sit at the back, I don't see your faces. You may be beautiful, but if you sit at the back, I don't see your face. You have to come closer. Amen? I told the young man, don't worry at all. Yeah. Pierre. You are not smiling too. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are looking for security. That is what the disciples were looking for. They want food that will reach everybody. But they have forgotten that they were with somebody. Hallelujah. Go back to the scripture, John 6. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. God wants us to relax. That's why I said we shouldn't be anxious. As for anxiety, yes. The tendency for it to come, it will be there. But God wants us to relax in him. To rest in him. Amen. I said amen. I said there, now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Next verse. 
And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks. So the son of God himself gave thanks. When there was a situation. When people were complaining that this thing would not be enough. He didn't complain. All that he did was to what? Give thanks. And after I give, put the scripture back. Put the scripture back. After I had given thanks, the Bible said he distributed to the disciples. The disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. So you could see that this great miracle that Jesus Christ performed, it came about because the son of God himself gave thanks. If we learn to have a thankful heart, if we learn to be people who always give thanks, I'm telling you, we'll always experience miracles in our lives. Yeah. We'll always experience miracles in our lives. You see, because there are some people, when even God touches somebody's heart to come to you, that person will not come. Unless an angel has held the person's ears and pulled the person to you, the person will not come. Because even your face alone does not look thankful. Look at your neighbor's face. Your face alone does not look thankful at all. I've told you recently I was going around with some of my bishops were inspecting some projects and one of them, he saw a problem somewhere and everywhere we went, he was mentioning the, the problem that he saw at the other place. So I went and I said, please, I don't like that. People who talk about problems, don't, I don't like that. Next time I will not go with you. <laughs> why everywhere problem? They are, and the problem here, the, 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 I said, why? Why? See, that's what the disciples were doing. They said, what do we have? And then you are talking about problems. We should learn to be thankful. Hallelujah. We should learn to be thankful. And because Jesus Christ was thankful, there was great miracles. Amen? You know something later on? Jesus Christ, I think let's go to verse 24 as we bring the service to a close. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took sheep in and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? <laughs> said, Rabbi, <laughs> where have you been? Jesus answered them and said, very, very, you see, in the first instance, the Bible says, that the people went seeking for Jesus because of the miracles that they saw. Because of the miracles. And I'm saying many of us come to this beautiful church because of what you come to see. But then after you are in, your attitude and everything changes. Give, go back to the scripture. It's a very last to you. You seek me not because ye saw the miracles. Nobody told Jesus the first time, but he knew it. That they had seen something spectacular. They had seen the move of God. That's why they were following. And then he performed another spectacular move of God right before them. But they didn't see it. They didn't see it at all. Listen to Jesus again. He said, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. So now we are thankful to God. We come to church. We love the church and we join and then something else changes. Now we are not thankful to God again. 
Now they were not following the culture of the miracles. They are not following the culture. They themselves were fed. So now we begin to think about ourselves. We begin to think about renting things to the church. We begin to think about so many things that now it becomes a selfish means. Not for God, but for self. Because the miracles that happen, is said the miracle that they saw where people's diseases that no, he not did it themselves. So you could see there's a certain appreciation which made them follow. But now, we're looking for themselves. When you begin to do that, you are not a thankful person. When you begin to do that, you are not somebody who appreciates. Church, I want us to rise up and be thankful to God. Hallelujah. Not just with our mouths, but with our lives. Amen? Amen. We should render reasonable service to God with our lives. Our, our lives should be a life of thankfulness. Somebody should be able to say, ah, because of Reverend Harold, I was able to overcome pornography. Because of Reverend, Har- uh, Reverend Payne, I was able to break through in my prayer life. Because of Reverend Eddie, I was able to now pass my exams. Somebody should be able to thank God because of your acts and your actions. So it's not just you being thankful, but you live a life that brings thankfulness to God. When people, and you see, we are in a church where we are thought to be thankful. So when people are giving testimony, after they stop, they say, I thank, uh, I thank God for this. I thank prophets because of this. this. I thank Bishop Lee because of this. I thank uh, Reverend Aram because of this. You've been hearing those things. It's not just a poem or a recitation. But we are teaching how we should be thankful and how we should be grateful. Hallelujah. We should move it from just a lip service to a life of thankfulness. Amen? Amen. Yeah. To a life of thankfulness. Don't think about yourself alone. But think about others. Who are these people wearing the tie? Eh? Graduates from where? New believers. Stand up. Stand up. You see? All these new believers... Each and every one of them need somebody who in two years' time will make their lives different. Who they can look up to and say, because of this person, I'm thankful to God because of this person. I'm thankful to God because of this person. Amen. I said amen. amen. It's my prayer that every a pastor will grab each. One pastor for one. And make their lives what God intends their life to be. Hallelujah. Should I bring them in front here? Come. When you see someone, they said they've not even worn white shirt before. But because of some people taught them and brought them to this stage. How many are they? Bishop Dennis, don't you think 
each pastor or somebody should take one of them now to adopt them as their, their, their own child. Eh? So I'm giving you two minutes. Pastors, everybody should take one. Just go and, just go and, just go and pick just one. One day this guy will say, I am thankful for this day. How this pastor took me. There's a song like that. One more mungo. So take them to take them to take them to where you are. Everybody, where you are taking, take the person away. Go and sit down. If you have, if you have not been taken, don't go. Wait. Everybody has been taken. Another 10 for first service. Okay. Pastors who didn't get, they'll get. Take them. Look after them. Establish them in Christ. Yeah. Establish them where? In Christ. When we went to scripture, you know, when we went to Form 1, people took us like that. They took us like that. They took care of us. They were on us to come for scripture union meeting, to go for church service, holidays. They were on us so that we will not backslide. They were on us constantly, constantly. By the grace of God, today there are people names I can point to. Say this person helped me. Say because of this person today I'm still a Christian. There's a pastor, a central gospel pastor, who passed away a couple of years ago. Reverend Ralph Osabote. He took care of me when I went to Obwasi. I came from UK. I was in Obwasi and I was alone there. And I was trying to backslide. <laughs> he came to take me, took me to Central Gospel Church. He made me a moderator in his service. Oh, yes. He even made me preach in his service. And I'm forever grateful to him. He's passed away. And I'm in touch with the wife. Every man, I'm in touch with the wife. Because I know what he did for me. Let these ones one day say that because of this man, because of this man, today I'm a pastor. Because of this man, today I'm a prophet. I'm prophesying. I'm going about having conventions. Because this man helped me on the day I was graduating as a new believer. And I'm telling you, you see, you, you, be, you may be amazed. You may be amazed. I'm telling some of you, you may be amazed that this thing, eh, you'll find, you find somebody far more grateful than your own child. Yeah. You may find somebody far more grateful than your own child. Because children, they, they, you, you, are, you are their father, so it's like, it's your responsibility. But somebody who is just a stranger. Hallelujah. So church, let us be grateful and thankful to God by our lives. By our lives. By our lives. God bless you. Shall we rise on our feet? Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks.
phones, buy them a phone. It's a very, very great investment that God has made you. I'm telling you. If God is to open your eyes for you to see the realm of the spirit, what he has given to you, you'll be amazed. Let's close your eyes and pray. Pray that God will teach us through the Holy Spirit to lead a thankful life. open your mouth and pray. Just for a minute, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me to live a thankful life. A life that demonstrates gratefulness for all that you have done for me. A life that demonstrates gratefulness for all that you have done for me. Oh, yes. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful. Every eye closed. We 
are in the service this afternoon, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. Today I want to surrender my life to Jesus. We are in a very, very dangerous season and a very, very dangerous world. And it's so dangerous to live out there without Christ in your heart. Because now Satan uses all means to appeal to your heart. But this afternoon, God wants to deliver you. God wants to save you. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Wherever you are, with every eye closed, just lift your right hand and say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be saved. Lift your hands. Thank you. Lift it very high. I want to see it. Lift your hand. Say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Take this moment very serious. Pastor, pray with me. Stop moving about. You have lifted your hand. I want you to come to me right now. From wherever you are. Come on come to, to Jesus. for those coming. Inspire me. Let's close our eyes. You didn't lift your hand, but you know that Christ does not live in you. You're not born again. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. It's not too late. You can come and join them. Pastor, pray with me. Wherever you are, as I'm talking, your heart is beating. You are not sure. I want you to be sure before you leave this premises today. Say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to join them in prayer. I want you to leave wherever you are. Just stop talking. This guy, stop talking. You. Are you born again? Come here. Come, come, come. Come here. Be born again. Hurry up. And the one you were talking to, he says you're born again. Go and bring his friends. 
Not born again. Three of them. The one wearing the white. If he says born again, ask him one scripture. to join them, it's not too late. You can leave wherever you are and come. Jesus loves you. He wants to save you today. The way you can say thank you to God is to accept the offer of salvation this afternoon. Let's pray. Those in front here, lift your two hands. You are surrendering to God. You are saying, God, take my life. God, take my life. I want you to take this decision very, very serious. You understand what I'm saying? What is your name? Hmm? What? Blessing. What is this ring you're wearing? Who gave it to you? Hmm? Your mom. Your mom gave you this ring. Who gave it to you? You took it from where? Huh? From her purse. Your mother's purse is there. You want to take the ring? Do you know who gave the ring to her? And you're wearing it. What is your name? Yeah. Blessing. This Yah chain, who gave it to you? Hmm? You bought it yourself. Are you called Yah? Yah blessing. Lift your two hands. We are surrendering our life to Jesus. Yeah, blessing. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are doing what? Eh? We are giving our life to Jesus. We are saying, Jesus, take my life. You want Jesus to take your life? Or you want that guy to take your life? You know the, you know the guy I'm talking about? He has meant you by this Christmas. Yeah? Look at my face. I'm talking to you. You want me to, me to mention his name? I shouldn't mention. <laughs> Lift your two hands. You are surrendering your life to Jesus. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who died for me. Thank you so much that he died for me. This afternoon, open your mouth and say, This afternoon, I come to you and I ask you to please forgive me of all my sins. Please forgive me of all my wrong things. Please wash me. In the blood of Jesus. Please help me. To be a good Christian. To be a strong Christian. Please help me. To come to church. Every Sunday. Thank you Heavenly Father. Please help me. To overcome Satan. In the name of Jesus, 
thank you for helping me. Please give me your Holy Spirit. Open your mouth. Say, please give me your Holy Spirit. To help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. For more information on upcoming programs and events, visit our Facebook page, Kodesh Family Church, Ghana HQ. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every day. And remember, God's word is a lamp onto your feet and 